Welcome to the Gym Wits Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic. And I'm Tony Marinucci, a.k.a. Tips with Tony, your registered dietitian. And we are the Gym Wits. So, Justin, you just got back from Iceland. How was it? Yeah, it was awesome. We did not spend most of our time in Reykjavik. Uh, we spent one day there. It was nice. We spent most of our time in Isafjordur, which is to the north. It is uh, very beautiful, surrounded by volcanic mountains. Uh, there's still you still can see some snow. Uh, it was it was kind of cold, not terrible, and uh, I did a lot of walking. If I didn't eat so many uh, so many pastries, I probably would have lost more weight than I did. <laughs> but that that's just how it goes. Um, did you do any so do you do any like anything with animals like, you know, like horseback because they, they have these like, beautiful like horses and uh, the any of that yeah they actually we, we didn't go on any horses but it's interesting Iceland has a purebred horse and if the horse basically leaves the country it can't come back okay. because they want to keep their horses purebred like to like that's just how it goes it's funny it sounds kind of racist to me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's how they do it because there's a certain yeah. breed to it and the certain way they they function and that's just how they want to keep it uh, so we weren't on horseback but we did some cool atv stuff um some, some uh, boating trips we were uh, there's very few animals there right there's almost two there's two there's like some birds the only there's only like two animals there's like a fox which you can't see and a minx uh, and uh, some birds uh, and then, of course, there's a lot of lamb that they farm, which we were right next to the lamb, and they're very cute. Aww. Tasty, too, right? The lamb there is delicious. <laughs> oh, no. The lamb there was, is delicious. I know it's a little sad, but you know, that's how, how it goes. How was the food there? Uh, it was very good. Well, the, the, um, maybe we'll do a little... Well, I know you're going to post that one picture. Um, my favorite meal there was at this fish restaurant which this guy just brought out tons of different, it was a, you know, it was a buffet, he just brought out tons of different dishes, and it was at this tavern, it looked like we were eating uh, in, a, in, in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, speaking of Game of Thrones, you'd, you'd mentioned you were going to try to find the mountain. Any luck finding the mountain? No. No? No. That's too bad. Nope, didn't see it. Who knows if he's even there right yeah, now? Prob- so. Probably not. But no, the, um, it's too late for the Northern Lights, right? Like, it went, yeah, so... The- too late. Yeah, because yeah. I want to go... Or too early, more yeah, so, to say. So you can early. see it in, uh, sometimes in late August, but more so in September, they start mm-hmm. coming out. So I know you want to go hey, see that, right? Yeah, well, one benefit of climate change is that the northern lights will move further south, I think. Or so. <laughs> so you will be able to see it later in the year and, and in different spots. So, so you know, there's one bonus for climate change, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so um, we're doing an Ask the Episode today. And I'm going to start off with a question that I have based on my trip to Iceland, and especially where I was in Iceland now in Reykjavik is a very cosmopolitan center, and they have health food stores, and people are a lot into you know, vegan diets, just everything that you would see in any major city. But where I was in the north, very, very different story. They had very little produce, and what's, what is there has been imported, a lot of produce from China. Uh, no offense to, to uh, anyone in China, but that means the produce has traveled a long distance before getting there. Uh, and the produce is very expensive, like very, very expensive. Even the frozen, I guess the frozen vegetables and fruits are expensive as well. So what do they eat? They eat what's available. They eat a ton of bread, which was delicious, a lot of meat, 
and dairy, and that's mm. their major diet. And also culturally, there are a lot of, uh, they eat a lot of sweets, a lot of cake, right? A lot of pastries and things mm-hmm. like that. And this is not the only place on earth that's like this. Not every place is New York City or you know, Los Angeles or Paris or whatever that has access to lots of produce. And I know that, Tony, you have always mentioned that plant-based, you know, whole foods is the best way to go. But sometimes it's just not an option or it's very expensive and you can't afford it. So what do you do when you're living in an area like this that only grows fresh vegetables a couple months out of the year, it's very expensive for imported produce. It's not probably not even great produce. And the majority of food is, you know, bread and meat, stuff like that. How do you stay healthy? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a added challenge. You said a lot of different things there that would make it difficult for someone to incorporate more balanced meals on a regular basis. But you did also mention that if you didn't walk so much, you probably would have gained some weight. (laughs) So, you know, exercise is important to balance out those calories. As for the nutrition, um, even though the frozen might be a little bit more expensive, frozen vegetables, frozen fruit, the nutrition quality is actually going to be higher than the quote unquote fresh produce. Because as you explained, it's coming from China. So by the time it arrives from China to Iceland, the quality every time it's exposed to the air and travel, it's diminishing in the nutrition quality. With that being said, it's still going to be nutritious and it's still going to be better than, you know, a ton of bread and cheese and, you know, meat or whatever. Um, I might recommend that if you are going to buy fresh produce, then you do eat it raw because then once you cook it, once again, you're going to lose more of that nutritional value. Um, But if you can do frozen or even canned vegetables are completely fine and canned fruit is completely fine. The only thing you want to look for is if you're doing canned vegetables, you want to make sure that it's, you know, either low sodium or no salt added. Make sure the ingredients, if it's, you know, um, with frozen vegetables or canned vegetables, if it's peas then the ingredient should just be peas it shouldn't be like peas and cheese sauce and like all these other things that you can't pronounce or you know even if you do get like um you know can of mushrooms or something and it's not in a low sodium or no salt added but you put it in a strainer and wash off whatever it's in then that works as for frozen fruit we want to make sure that it doesn't have added uh syrups and it's packed in water or it's natural juice Um, But if your access really is limited, then taking a multivitamin would definitely be something I would recommend. Um, Although, obviously, the benefits from food are always going to outweigh the benefits from a supplement. But with that being said, if your body's not getting what it needs, the multivitamin will help. Uh, Possibly, um, I would, like you said, there's not all parts of Iceland are that kind of segregated from the healthy options. So maybe taking a trip might be worth it to to the area where they have the cheaper prices or the more abundance of those items and you know making a trip of that and then freezing that fresh produce and so that way it's in your freezer um so you have it available um yeah i mean it's because it's, 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 it's not the, the Iceland isn't the only place on earth like right this, exactly right exactly. And, and i know that so, sometimes you could travel although um depending on the type of year, it's almost impossible, mm-hmm. right? And in a lot of places that have very extreme climates, you know, yeah. life is difficult. Definitely. So uh, just surviving is the is yeah. important and yeah. stuff like your nutrition gets put on the back burner, mm-hmm. you know, to survival. But I guess those are really good answers. I think that the, the you know, go frozen vegetables, canned vegetables, canned fruit, stuff like that. 
Yeah. I think that's probably a very smart method. Yeah. And looking at your finances and, you know, I'm not sure about what the cost of living is and all that other stuff that they have, you know, have to pay for, but maybe make more, a little bit more room for that. If nutrition is something that's important to you, especially if it's that or paying for $300 or whatever their currency is of, um, you know, medication each month for their high cholesterol, it might be better investing in those fruits and vegetables. Cool. Um, so, Tony, you had a question, too. I do. <laughs> okay. Last episode, I talked about how I'm doing more strength training. And I'm following this program now. And one day, a full day, is dedicated to shoulders. And I'm like a girl. And I'm thinking, and this is whole, a new route of training for me. Um, I've always, I've never done strength training really seriously. And, I've, and when I did, it was like with a trainer. So this is my first time kind of just like embracing strength training on my own. And I was just curious, like, why a whole day to shoulders? Is that necessary? And as a girl, is that something that I want to, like, do do you think most girls want big shoulders? I don't know. Like, I think shoulders and I think, like, big, broad shoulders for men. And I'm like, you know, do I want to look that way? (laughs) So so obviously we we discussed a little bit of this before, (laughs) but obviously I'll kind of reiterate. So the first part is, um, I think shoulders as a group kind of get underused in some ways, but sometimes kind of overemphasized in other ways. So I think as far as like aesthetics are concerned, again, this this varies by the person because you're going to have some women that are going to want to be jacked like bodybuilders. You have other that are going to want to have as little muscle, you know, sticking out as possible. You have others that, you know, have different ideas. But generally, um, you know, the more developed the shoulders, it will in, enhance and kind of accentuate the biceps and triceps and kind of make the arms look good. So especially, you know, especially if you want kind of muscular looking arms, like we've all seen the big guys at the gym where they're, the, the arm and shoulder almost just looks like one thing. And that's not, you know, at least to me, it's not very aesthetically pleasing unless, you know, that's the look. You're just going for the big, you know, big weightlifter look. But otherwise, like you do want kind of, if you have well-defined shoulders, that kind of, again, that accentuates biceps, triceps, makes mm-hmm. the arms look really nice. So um, so aesthetically, I think the shoulders can be important. Um, now, the other thing with the shoulders is that, that you know, it's a ball and socket joint that does, the, the joint itself moves in a very wide range of motion. It can go up and down, side to side, back and forth, horizontally, you know, forward and back. So there's all kinds of movements available in the shoulders. And the deltoid muscle you know, has three different heads that work in different ways. So if you extend your arm, if your arms are at the side and you extend it forward versus extending it to the side versus extending it back, you know, different heads of the deltoids are working. So that means that when you're exercising, you know, you're going to need to do a variety of movements that work in a variety of planes of motion in order to fully work, um, to fully work the shoulders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of a long explanation of, yes, when you're doing a shoulder workout, there will be, you do need a variety of exercises and you will be doing a good deal more than your typical, like than than kind of standard, what we kind of learn. It's like, oh, shoulders, you just do some shoulder presses and maybe some lateral raises and we're done. And it's like, well, it's not quite it because you do, you're trying to work all heads of the shoulders. shrugs and I'm like, this just is weird. Honestly, I I don't don't agree with shrugs for most people um, because shrugs are really just the traps right yeah. and uh and I, I don't know a woman I, that's i don't know a woman that's not a bodybuilder that wants bigger yeah you know, bigger, that's what i uh, i trepe- could see yeah. it like forming and yeah, i'm like exactly. i don't know if 
So yeah, so so I would not do shrugs at all unless you want that. Um, also, it's just an area that is, it, and most people, you know, the there the mid trap and lower traps are an area where you you can work, but that's doing kind of um, retracting the shoulders, so it's mm. kind of pulling back horizontally. It's not it, it, you know elevating, right? Okay. So yeah, yeah, so <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm yeah. doing a motion. <laughs> so yeah, so so to answer that part, you know that that I wouldn't even do. So now the the thing is though to also consider is that while um you know sh- doing while the shoulders are, are dynamic and and produce a variety of motions a lot of those motions are getting worked or, or or performed with other exercises so when you do a bench press or a chest press you're working the front of the shoulder mm-hmm. um when you do a shoulder you know well shoulder press is working the shoulders but you know a lot of movements um a row is going to work the back of the shoulder um a reverse fly you know so so there are a lot of things that are working the deltoid muscles um in in addition to other muscles as well so the the shoulders are used a lot in general so I, you know, depending on the person and their program, you know, a full workout of shoulders is probably too much, mm-hmm. but you can mix shoulders. Like I like to mix shoulders with legs, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, that, or shoulders and core or something. I did and where shoulders you're doing and like, abs yeah. today, I say, but I might do it with like For shoulders, like five or six exercises is enough. You know, you yeah. get a couple things that work each, each, each head. Um, you know, and that's enough. And then you're going to get your shoulders worked a lot throughout the week. So I would probably combine it with something else, but there's no reason why you should spend an hour in the gym. Right. just working shoulders unless like you're you really want to build your shoulders or there's some kind of weakness or you know some other specific reason for it but also you know overworking the shoulders can also lead to issues with the rotator cuff muscles mm-hmm. so that's other, no, another thing to consider is that you don't want to overdo it because then there, there could be some other damage or issues to deal with later well is so. there so that's you answered my question aesthetically functionally yeah like, cause when I was asking you, I was thinking like, I actually do have a bad shoulder where I kind of like sleep yeah. on my shoulder. I use it as my pillow. So I'm thinking doing the shoulder movements would probably help with that. Or would it not? It depends. I mean, it really depends on what's wrong with the shoulder. If, yeah. if uh, you know, and if there is some kind of a pre-existing injury, cause a lot of kind of standard deltoid exercises, um, can, can exasperate exacerbate um kind of pre-existing issues mm. so if they're if you're fully healthy you should be fine as long as you know again but a lot of it has to do with the posture and how you produce the movement and if there are any imbalances um so you know all things being kind of equal and normal you know you're probably not gonna cause an injury but let's say you know sleeping in one one way or hold, the way you hold your bag or you hold your phone um has created some kind of an imbalance or compensation pattern you may be exacerbating that by doing so much deltoid work mm. so that's where there are kind of um prehabilitation or rehabilitation exercises and rotator cuff movements and there's certain things to make sure you have the proper posture so kind of in addition to working the deltoids making sure that the entire kind of shoulder girdle um and upper body is is um you know you have the appropriate posture and it, it, the movement patterns are kind of correct that's also really important so that may be something that requires seeing you know maybe seeing um a, a physical therapist for a session or two just to make sure you're doing things right or seeing a, a you know an experienced trainer to make sure that that you're doing things right because i think that's another issue is that if there are pre-existing issues with the shoulders then doing the intense shoulder work can lead to problems i think one of the you know you get the three most common injuries or problems that I, I deal with, with with clients, um, kind of you know, think kind of chronic injuries or things that kind of accumulate over time, would be lower back um, is probably the most common, mm-hmm. um, knee issues is probably second most, and yeah. shoulder issues is third. And shoulders probably tied yeah, with the three. knee. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so it, with any of those, many of those are, are issues dealing with posture that yeah. again exercise. Really 
um, can potentially make worse. Mm. So sometimes it might make, you know, for anybody who's listening who thinks you might fall into the category, it's like maybe go see a professional who can kind of take a look at you and tell you what you're doing. Yeah, if you want to send a, send the Jim Wits an email um, with with your form, I'm happy to take a look too. Um, but but you know that that I mean that's that's it. Otherwise, you need somebody to kind of take a look at it and say, all right, you know, I see X, Y, and Z is wrong, and yeah, that's it. So thank you. Cool. <laughs> so <laughs> helpful. Right. Yeah, it's funny we're we're short on time, and uh, and instead of answering our listeners' questions first, we we were selfish and answered each other's but questions. But I think well, now, other people yeah, have no, these. That's absolutely. why we do ask the dietitian, yeah. ask the trainer, because we're answering one person's question, but it's really like a multiple amount of people's questions. If it's not exact, it's similar to that. <laughs> All right, so what question do we have next? All right, our next question comes from Joe in London. Let me pull it up right here. And Joe writes, Hi there, I'm writing from London. I love the podcast. I've binged, listened to all the previous episodes. Well, thank you, Joe. I'm writing about recovery and injury prevention. I go to the gym, uh, run a lot, every day before work, I'm putting parentheses fasted, so I guess she is fasted, and on, uh, on weekends, sometimes twice a day. I do mix my routine up with two weight sessions, two treadmill sprint sessions, two high-intensity interval classes, one hot yoga class, and I run outdoors, uh, wow, 5 to 12K, to try to prevent injury. It's pretty intense. Uh, I try to have one rest day a week if possible, but I don't always do this. I've been exercising quite intensely my whole life and generally have always had a good level of fitness, uh, but football and running mainly. I've only just started weight training in the last six months. I am a 29-year-old female. I'm 5'6". I weigh 56 uh, uh, kilograms, which is approximately 123 pounds. I have an athletic build. I exercise mainly because I love it and partially to maintain, uh, uh, lose weight as I have PCOS. You guys can explain that. And I really don't want to cut down, but I am concerned about injuries. I am starting to get a few, uh, few niggles in joints. Nothing major yet. I have a history of knee injuries, MCL, G3 tear, IT band, but they are currently healthy. But I'm getting older and feeling more and more small niggles. I have concerned that I am exercising so much, I will start to develop uh, injuries or aggravate old ones which will prevent me from exercising. Do you have any tips uh, for both pre-post-workout uh, routines, diet, rest, supplements, massages, etc., in order to prevent injury through overuse? I eat a solid, healthy pescatarian, low sugar, low alcohol diet, high in fruit, fish, eggs and vegetables. I have a protein sh shake for breakfast every day, uh, post-workout, and I don't smoke, but I only get about six to seven hours of sleep. Please let me know what you recommend. Do you know what that word means? What word? The word niggles. What does it mean? I think it means um, like uh, annoyances or anxieties. Okay. Well, yeah, I, get, I kind of figured that reading um, reading through it. Um, so brush. I'll give mine, but I think Tony will probably have um, a yeah. good deal more to, to add to this. I, I would say, you know, if you are getting, you know, as somebody who train first like that's an amazing kind of workout uh, program i think that that's a lot um and as somebody who you know when i'm trained when i have in the past trained for fights i think y you do tend to get a lot of those nagging annoying little injuries um you know it kind of comes with the territory of kind of high level training and intense training so your my approach is always you know if you have a specific athletic endeavor 
um, then you work through those injuries, um, but that comes with the territory. But if you don't have an athletic endeavor, I think recovery is hugely important. So you might need to take two days off and you may notice an increase in your performance by yeah. taking that extra day or two off a week. Um, another couple things to, to note is that, you know, basically, unfortunately, uh, I'm telling you from experience, um, once you start hitting your early thirties, things start to go a little bit downhill as far as, um, your, your athleticism can be the same well into your late 30s, but the body doesn't cooperate as well. So um, recovery becomes a huge deal. So taking the, the extra rest day becomes an important thing. Um, doing things like a proper warm up, you know, like if you have your hit session, don't just go in and immediately go into hit. You really you're going to benefit from a 10 minute warm up. Um, you're going to benefit from stretching after you work out. You're going to benefit from even doing a day where you're just working focused on really like movement patterns and um, just proper movement. So you know things to look up would be you know looking up kind of proper movement patterns, looking up. Um, dynamic stretching um, and kind of incorporating some of those things into your routine. I think you have yoga in and even I would say with yoga, do something that's maybe a little bit more gentle and something that is more restorative. I think all of those, you know, as you age, um, your athleticism, again, you can maintain it, but the, the recovery and all the outside stuff becomes hugely important. Um, and then, uh, and obviously nutrition is a big deal. So I'll let Tony kind of deal, talk, talk about the mm -hmm. nutrition and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, just before that, uh, Justin, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome, he was asking. So it's good that she already follows like a low sugar diet um, and she does high intensity training because if she didn't, to be honest, right now she's at a very healthy weight, but she almost has to be training like this um, in, for her to keep that weight. Otherwise, chances are the weight would come back up. Um, before I get to nutrition though, I think like a really key thing is uh, the six to seven hours of sleep. If she could increase that to seven to eight hours per night, she'll find that her muscles will definitely recover faster. And on those off days, doing more, like, I think it might be hard, I think mentally, if you're used to exercising so much, like most days of the week, having a complete off day, although I completely agree with Ryan, it's completely necessary and I think you should do it. Um, it could still involve like movement. You could still go for a very long walk. That way you don't feel like you're just like sitting and not used to moving, you know, or doing the yoga like he was saying. As for nutrition, um, timing of meals becomes really important. So I'm just taking a look at the question to make sure you didn't put anything in there. Um, you know, working out fasted you might actually get more you're more prone to injury however if you're if your body doesn't do well with digesting food um prior to exercise i would just do something small like a piece of fruit or a piece of like white toast something quick to get your body utilizing that fuel and then eat eating something with carbs and protein right after um it's also low fat low protein to help your body recover um you know that's going to be really important but i definitely you know, yes, nutrition is key. Um, lots of it, but you're already like your nutrition already kind of seems on point. So I would think it's more of things like the sleep, the rest, and if you're not using um, the the what is that? The foam roller. Yeah. The foam roller. It's it's so painful, but it feels so good. It hurts so good, and it's so worth it. And that might help you with those little uh, injuries, the knacks for you know getting straight to the muscle, right? Yeah. That helps, right? And yep. an Epsom salt <laughs> bath, I heard, is helpful. Yeah. Those things. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Joe, thanks for listening, and thanks for writing in. We hope that, uh, that that helps answer your questions. And, of course, if you have any follow-ups, 
feel free to write us in again. All right, so our next question comes from Adrian, and Adrian writes, Hello, Jim Witz team. Great podcast that I listen to a lot. I have a question uh, you might be able to help me with. In the last year or so, gym visits have declined a lot, and I'm not sure why. Previously, I was quite enthusiastic about going to the gym because I was motivated to have a healthy body, and every visit to the gym was positive because a personal trainer at the gym always used to give me great workout plans every eight weeks or so. Now that the gym has closed down and I'm finding it hard to settle in a gym because of my work where I travel a lot, uh, thankfully I have a pass that allows me to access many gyms in the country. The problem is gym to gym there are different machines and equipment so while I might do leg press at gym A at 100 kilograms at gym B a different leg press machine can only do 70 kilograms because the machine is built differently. Perhaps the solution is to do more free weight exercises? Question mark. A problem that still remains then is I don't know what what workout to do at the gym because I don't know how to build one. I know there are plenty of workouts on the internet, but there is so much choice, I really don't know which to choose. My goal is to become more muscular. I am generally fit, but not muscular. I have a good diet already, so what should I do based on the circumstance I described above? Thank you very much, Adrian. All right, so I'm going to uh, cheap plug, but uh, if you want to do free weight training, um, get my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called Free Weight Training Illustrated Finally. Uh, by Ryan George. You never. Uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> honestly, it, it, if you want some structure to your workouts, um, you can get it, it. You can buy it. You can get it on Amazon. Um, you can get it uh, ebook version. So whatever, or you know, whatever works best. It's just not audiobook. But um, yeah, any, you know, any version um, you can get. And the one good thing with that is I do try to take some of the guesswork out of free weight training. So there's no machines involved, but you know, you're going to find dumbbells and barbells and kettlebells and all that good stuff anywhere. So if you want to take the guesswork out, that's one option. Um, you know, when it comes to exercise, I know there's so many options out there. Don't be afraid to just go with something. As long as the movements seem pretty fairly straightforward and things that you're comfortable with, you know, when it comes to fitness, uh, it's really about, you know, 90, a lot, so much of the battle is just doing it. Um, and so while there is tons of information out there, you know, don't let yourself kind of drown in that. Just, you know, find something that feels comfortable and good and, and go with it and see how it feels um, and then change it up when you need to change it up. Um, there are plenty of apps also out, out there if you wanted to try a fitness app. And just again, you know, there is a lot out there. Just try try different things um, and see what works. But, you know, worst comes worst, get my book and try it out and see if that will help you. Um, so... I will, would also say, so what was the other, other oh, so the other part has to do with motivation, um, you know, that, that your gym visits are declining, you know, so clearly that you, you know what the source of it was, you know, the source is a gym closing down, and so if part of that is reigniting that motivation, so you might want to think about, you know, what options are there, is there a situation to go with a friend, um, if you're traveling a lot, that's probably not as much of an option, maybe set yourself some goals, or do something, that, you know, take a picture of yourself every week, um, and try to, you know, measure your change, um, take measurements, take your weight, um, do measurements of, I don't know if you want bigger biceps, like measure your arms, check your weight, do things where you can kind of see progress and, you know, try to reignite some of that motivation. So, you know, it might be maybe a pact with yourself. It might be setting some goals, but try to think of a way that, you know, instead of just going to the gym, that you start to create a reason to go to the gym and give you something to, to, to kind of reignite that motivation. I think we, we all, no matter how fit and no matter how much we're in the gym, we all go through those phases where we just kind of lose interest. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest, most challenging part. It's like, how do you, how do you, Put yourself in there when you're when you just don't want to go, and eventually you it reignites itself if you 
can push through that part where you don't feel like going. So, you know, try to come up with some ways or strategies to kind of get yourself back in the gym um, and, you know, buy my book. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Did you have something to add? I, I think that um, uh, Adrian mentions that he's generally fit but not muscular, which means uh, perhaps you've done some, some lifts, but yeah, that certainly maybe hasn't been the majority of your, your workouts uh, up until now. So I... I and perhaps I don't know if Ryan's going to agree with me on this. It seems pretty uh, sensible. But to stick to some of the, the the very basic strength exercises, right, that are hard to go wrong with. Make sure you use the right form. You know, bench press, uh, rows. If you could do a proper squat, uh, proper deadlift. Sort of those are tried and true. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get more muscular. Make sure you're using the right form. Perhaps have a maybe do a trainer for some of the more difficult ones. But I think stick to if you if you stuck to those, it would be hard to go wrong. Yeah. Your opinion, right? Yeah. I no, yeah. Sorry. Before I like whatever hire a trainer or anything like, I mean I would just create in my head quickly like okay do three movements three sets of ten. And repeat it three times. Like, you yeah. know, and you kind of can create your own based off of what you know. And then if you're looking for new moves, that's where, you know, YouTube can put, come into play. You can ask your old trainer, like, hey, can you just give me an idea, you know, or ask a friend that you know maybe has a fitness background. I don't know. That's cool. what I would say. All right, so I, I, I think we're like the UK's most popular fitness podcast because uh, most of our right, most of our, we get possibly more, well, we definitely, I think, get more emails from Europe at, at you know, overall than the u.s but specifically the uk we get a lot of stuff from the uk so awesome, awesome. yeah well we love the uk i've spent some time there we all have we all have tony have you been to the uk no oh you should yeah. go yeah. Well, i should go very cool. well i'll be I'll, I'll be in ireland next week i've mentioned before i'll be for a moment i'll be in the uk because i'll be in um I'm, you'll be, i'll have a day in belfast but otherwise i'll be you know i'll be I'll spend most of my day in um in in Ireland and then head over to Croatia for a, a couple. So I'll, when this goes up, I'll probably be on that side of the of the pond where we are. We're, we're I'm going to start announcing us as as the UK's most popular podcast <laughs> <laughs> or Europe's most popular fitness podcast. Yeah, that's funny. I love it. So uh, well, and, and uh, speaking of our next question comes from connor from the uk and connor writes my goal is to build muscle and to keep fit i'm 18 and have been weight training with some cardio for the last two years my question is what is the difference between whey protein whey isolate protein and casein protein shakes and what's the best for building muscle also love up the podcast keep up the good work thank you for writing in connor thank you connor great question Whey protein and whey protein isolate, they both come, actually, and casein, they all come from cow's milk. The whey protein is a concentrated form of protein. It's good for post-workout. And the whey protein isolate is that just basically not as concentrated. So it's removing more of the lactose. So it's more easily digested for those who are lactose intolerant. And it tends to have a higher protein content and a little bit less of the carbohydrates, both which are really good post-workout building muscle. And the casein protein shakes are good for at nighttime, like before you go to bed, it's not as quick as a release. So your body is utilized that while you're sleeping to help you kind of recover. So that's the difference between both. So I would say they're both important. Just have the whey protein post-workout and have the casein at night. If you exercise at night, uh, do the whey protein first and then like maybe 20 minutes later have the casein. <laughs> 
Connor. Well, I hope that helps. Please, if uh, any other questions, please write us uh, some follow-ups and let us know how it goes. You know, maybe after a few months, are you are you building the type of muscle that you want to be building? Maybe after, maybe three months, six months. Let us know how it goes. We'd love to hear about results. All right. So next question comes from Jenny. Jenny writes, hey guys, love the podcast. I always feel like I learned something after listening and I love how particular you are in answering each individual's questions as best you can. A little background on me. Uh, I am 25-year-old female and I weigh 143 pounds. My measurements are 35-inch chest, 27-inch waist, 38-inch hips, 11-inch arms. I have uh, been really trying to focus on getting healthier since January and I have lost seven pounds over the past five months. I stuck to a pretty pretty repetitive diet breakfast. I switched between having either um, half cup. Yeah, a half cup of oats with three tablespoons of egg whites, a half scoop of protein powder and some berries or two pieces of toast, uh, one with a quarter of an avocado and a tomato slice, and the other with a little bit of peanut butter and cinnamon. For a snack, I have four ounces of non-fat plain Greek yogurt, a half scoop of protein powder and some berries. For lunch, I have roasted veggies on a bed of leafy greens and a black bean burger. Sometimes I add another quarter of an avocado or tomato slice. Snack, I have either an apple or carrots uh, or an RX bar. My dinners vary, but I still try to make something with a good source of protein and veggies and use portion control. I do let myself have one serving uh, uh, of Halo Top ice cream. Most days is a little treat. I work out six days a week. I like to follow programs that keep me motivated and I don't have a gym nearby, so I work out at home and I've collected a decent amount of equipment over the years. Right now I have been doing four workouts a week from the Sweat app, BBG Stronger program, and the two other days I try to do a more weight-based targeted body area workout. I also walk for one half hour for my lunch break every day That uh, when it's nice out. I live in Ohio, so you never know what the weather will be each day. Sorry for the long email, but I know you like getting as much info as possible. My question is, what am I doing wrong? I have lost some weight, but I am still not where I want to be, and it seems like I'm not seeing the muscle growth I want. I, I try always to use weights that cause me to struggle in the last two to three reps, and I do let myself have a cheat meal once a week for date night with my husband, but I still try to choose as healthy of an option as I can. I used to be about 130 pounds and felt great, but I feel like my nutrition is better now than it was then. I basically barely ate anything and was running, but the results just aren't happening. Maybe I'm just impatient, but I'm getting frustrated with my body, not seeming to get leaner and stronger. Any tips would be very appreciated. Thank you, Jenny. Well, thanks for writing in, Jenny, and thanks for giving us as much information as you can. All that stuff is really helpful. Who who wants to tackle this one first? I got it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of nutrition stuff. So, Um, Well, first off, thank you for the detail. It definitely helps, makes my job easier. And congratulations on, you know, losing the weight in a healthy way. It seems like you have a balanced diet. You're exercising regularly. You're being mindful of, you know, taking walks more often. All really great things. Um, Seven pounds in the past five months, believe it or not, is actually really great progress. I know it doesn't seem like a lot because it's about like a pound or so per month. But honestly, that's where what, you know, is more sustainable. We'll usually see it and you are doing strength training. So we don't it seems like you're actually losing body fat and gaining muscle. However, you're not feeling it or seeing it. So what I would say is 
um, a couple things. Number one, I thank you for your measurements. I don't have your height, but it sounds like if you used to be 130, that's kind of probably what you're targeting towards back to. Um, I would say if you have an opportunity to check your body fat percentage and use that as a track of measurement, um, or, you know, keep tracking your measurements with your, um, with the tape measure and seeing if there's any progress there, taking photos of yourself, that could be very helpful. Um, as for the nutrition, I didn't get a chance to calculate it. Um, but what, what you might, you might benefit from is increasing the protein a little bit but in general i would say start tracking using something like my fitness pal seeing where your macronutrients fall and maybe try to get a little bit higher of the protein right now you're probably around and it's really hard to say because this is me just like making an estimated guess for yourself of what you're saying but right now it's probably around like 20 to it's probably around 30 percent carbs i'm looking at maybe up to 40 50 percent some days you know, your protein might be like 20 to 30. I'd say try to aim for a little bit higher protein with weight loss. We definitely want about 30 to maybe even upwards of 40% of our carb total calories coming from protein with the amount of training that you're doing. And try to get that maybe 30% fat and 30% carbohydrate. And if you can balance your macronutrients like that more consistently, that might help. Um, it also, you know, Sometimes, I don't know, it seems like you might be doing this consistent, consistently, but maybe you're not doing it as consistent as you think. Maybe you are, but I think that it would be important to start tracking to really see where you can make improvements in your diet. And with that being said, the other thing, two things come to mind. Number one is sleep. I don't know how you're sleeping or if you're drinking enough water. Those are really important when it comes to weight management. Um, and then if you're still not seeing progress, I would... Um, get your blood work done, see if there's anything going on with the thyroid. But in general, I, I do think this is just a matter of being patient um, or, you know, tracking your food and really seeing kind of where that, that balance is and if you could be tightening it up a little bit. If you have any other questions, um, send me an email, tipswithtony at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to answer them. Cool. And then I guess on my end, the only other thing I would add maybe to um, Tony's part is I would maybe want to know the seven pounds over five months, was it, did you lose you know five pounds the first month and then two over the last few? Did you lose seven pounds consistently throughout? Like were you at a consistent mm -hmm. like one to two pounds a month? Point. Mm -hmm. um, so I would just want to know that only because if you're, if it's a consistent one to two pounds a month, then yeah, it might be slower than you'd like, but it's consistent versus like if you lost seven pounds in January and it's been that's mm -hmm. you know plateaued since then okay then something clearly needs to to change mm -hmm. um so that's the only only thing i would i would um be interested in knowing um when it comes to this so you know it's tricky because you've got two goals going on right you want goal one is I to did think that too i yeah. was like does she want to lose weight yeah. or does she want to gain so, muscle so wow. the goal the goal is losing 15 pounds or, or give or take, while also putting on muscle, which yeah, is a classic problem, especially harder for women because it's just harder for women to put on muscle. So it becomes a challenge to add muscle and be more, quote, lean while also losing fat. So, um, and, and so that could be slightly problematic because, you know, as far as your weight loss, the exercise is... Not that it's minimal, but you know, obviously the diet is gonna have a, play a much bigger role in the weight loss unless you're running you know, hours a, a day. 
if you want to get stronger, I would probably shift to another to three to four days of the weight-based training. Because again, especially for women, it's much harder for women to put on and, and maintain muscle than it is for men. So often, and not with everyone, but for, for most women, it's going to take you know a much more concentrated, focused effort to really put on sustained muscle mass. Yeah. Um, so I would say if your diet's on point, I would say maybe switch to doing your, you know, your cardio kind of training one or two days a week and then do your weight-based training, you know, three to four days a week and see if that maybe helps kind of facilitate a little bit of a change um, as well. Uh, You know, uh, so I have a question about that. If If she wants to put on muscle, would she have to increase her calories? Technically, yes. And that would would that. But that's where that's where we. What is the goal? That's where it is true. Like, so kind of what's the goal? Because maybe choose one first, which is always. Well, yeah, but either way, that? I do agree with Ryan in the sense that more strength training could do. So here's the thing: more strength training is either going to pick up the metabolism. She keeps the diet the same. She can lose the weight, right? Or pick or picking up the strength training and then eating a little bit more mm. will help her build the muscle. Yeah. So either way, I do agree with Ryan because I know I just hit, we just talked about this. I've hit a plateau and I've been doing more strength training and I'm seeing my I'm feeling and seeing more results now than when I, before I was literally I was like stagnant for like a solid month. Yeah, and, and at a minimum you can also main, you'll maintain, so you're yeah. not going to lose exactly. You know, it's, not, it's, it's always you know it's it's really weight is a tricky thing and that's why i think the more you know so the more you track especially with your nutrition the more we then can manipulate and create a consistent effort um going forward yeah cool yeah so so that's it and um yeah just keep you keep you know maybe add some strength training and uh, yeah definitely track i think that that helps immensely and there are a lot of times you just don't realize quite what you're doing or those little extra things start to add up and um, you know, that should help. So hopefully, you know, this starts to kind of, um, or, or hopefully you've been losing consistent weight. And so it's just a matter of, you, you know, you're just kind of, yeah, yeah, just having the patience. So, all right. So we got one more question. Uh, why don't you read this one, Justin? All right. Our, our last question for the day comes from Gail and Gail writes, hi, all just wanted to slide into your mailbox saying how much I love listening to you all. You are just a wealth of info. Well, thank you, Gail. I was wondering if there might be a chance you'd be able to talk about supplements in an episode. There's lots of talk about BCAAs, glutamine, creatine, etc. for fitness performance. What do we actually need? Would you be able to do a breakdown of which is needed for what result and when it should be taken? And also, if it's really necessary, what are the facts? And would also love to hear about possible side effects such as making you jittery or things like that. P.S. I'm vegan, highly allergic to dairy. I, I do take protein powder. Thanks. You're the best, Gail. So before, uh, Tony, this is obviously Tony's question. I'm just going to give a uh, quick um, two episodes to look for. Um, and then if you don't get the answers you want, um, if, if between what Tony gives you and between those two episodes, if you don't get the answers that you want, then definitely shoot us another message, maybe just a little bit more specific with, with, with what we can answer for you. But if you look up the episode with Mel Bomer, and it's uh, Mel, B-O-E-H-M-E-R. Um, so you could look that up on the Jimwitz app, or you can look it up, um, you know, through in in um, iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts. Sorry. Um, so we did a ton of uh, a great chat about that, and then the 
other one will be another Ask the Trainer, and the title is Protein, Pasta, Supplements, and More. And we also do a bit of a dive into into that information as well on that one. So, um, you know, if Tony's answer, which will probably be fairly brief because this could almost be a, you know, this could be a full episode. Um, if Tony, between Tony's answer and those two episodes, if you don't get the answers you want, then definitely shoot us an email with maybe a little bit more specific, and we'll try to get you know get um, those answers to you. But uh, yeah, Tony, you can take yeah. uh, take this. Okay, so she asked about branching amino acids, glutamine and creatine, and all the other stuff. What, from what I know, branching amino acids, um, if you're exercising on a consistent, regular basis, they can be helpful with synthesizing the, the muscles, your protein, with protein synthesis um, before or after a workout. And that is definitely going to be... Um, like you said, if you're a vegan, there's there are vegan options. You just have to f- search for them. Um, creatine, from what I can understand, is what Melanie said. You know, is safe to to have, and the amount she has it in there, I don't know specifically, um, but that's definitely fine. Are they necessary? Being a vegan, I actually would say yes. If you're not a vegan, they still might be necessary depending on how hard you're training. But basic branching amino acids are, you know, in things like chicken and fish and all that stuff. The difference is, is that the BCAs are more concentrated form of those three specific uh, essential amino acids that your body needs post-workout or pre or post-workout. That's how I'm going to answer that. Cool. <laughs> the shortest way possible. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and, and like that, Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, and, and, and it's not, not it, I mean, you know, it's... We started kind eight. of brevity aside, like there, there, we do have a ton of that information yeah. in those podcasts. So again, if if you don't get your answers there, please get back to us, and we'll we'll definitely do it. But we we even did a deep dive into creatine. If you just look up creatine, also, I think we did a bit of a talk. I think this was pre Tony, oh, really? um, but we did do a, a a good discussion on creatine. I think I just. Um, you're more the science behind it and how it works, but uh, you can look that up as well. But again, Mel Bomer, protein, pasta, supplements, and more, and look up creatine, um, and uh, you should get all all the information you're looking for, and then shoot us any more. And for anybody, um, uh, email us at thegymwits at gmail.com if you have questions. Um, you can also submit on the website. Uh, we, that's where we get most of our questions. Just go to the website. On the right-hand side, I believe, there is an Ask the Trainer um, submission form. You just submit it. Simple. We get it. And then we answer your questions. And um, we, we love this. Um, and the the more questions we get, the more of these episodes we have. So keep the questions coming, and we'll keep uh, trying to answer. All right. So uh, as usual, I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, aka Chef Sonic, reminding you that truth does not sell. And I'm Tony Marinucci, aka Tip with Tony, a registered dietitian, helping you get healthy one bite at a time. And we are the Jimwits. Jim